1: It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle
2: belling and everyone telling It you is December 1st. Cheer. We are 24 days away from Christmas when Santa Claus makes his yearly round. So something to keep in mind. Favorite time of the year for me. I really do. I love it. I brought a gift in to Heidi today. That is a Dave Ellswick original, baked by my own hands, fruitcake for you and your family. So enjoy that. I think that you'll like it. Different than those fruitcakes you can get in the mail. You know, those come in and you go to unwrap them, and they're so gooey and everything. That's not what those that 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 cake is. I promise. I just did. I didn't give you a doorstop. You know. <laughs> That I didn't do. Usually that's about what fruit cakes are good for is the doorstop. I've got a friend that she buys about three of them a year to eat and puts it in the freezer early on, uh, like in the middle of November, and then throws them away sometime in March. (laughs) Never opens them. Anyway, I got one for her, too, to give to her so that uh, she and her husband can enjoy. It's a great. Here's what I do my, my fruit cake. I cut a slice of it. And I have it for breakfast with a cup of coffee. And it's really good. It's that kind of a really dense cake. It's really it's really good. It's my mother's recipe. I have shared it one time, that recipe, on my show. And if you were lucky enough to be listening to my show, uh, you have it. Because uh, it was not shared in my, my mother's family. They didn't give it to anybody. It's, that's an original recipe from Germany, just so uh, you'll know. All right, so uh, today is a huge day in Washington, D.C. We'll uh, talk about uh, what's happening today uh, with uh, Congressman French Hill. We'll talk with uh, Bruce Westerman as well, Congressman uh, in District 4. Today, abortion is back on the docket at the Supreme Court. Uh, this is the biggest uh, argument that is going to be uh, in front of the Supreme Court for a long, long time. Uh, There's a lot of people who believe that Roe v. Wade may actually be overturned because of what's going on. I mean, the scope of abortion in the U.S. uh, is really at stake now. And there's already been a lot of pullback on abortion here in the United States over the last decade maybe as much as 15 years. There's been, uh, you know, things that have happened like heartbeat bills, pain bills, all kinds of bills that have been, uh, uh, heard and, and, and and codified and made into law across, uh, the United States. Well, they'll be hearing oral arguments today at Supreme court. A lot of eyes going to be turned that way. uh, towards uh, Washington, D.C. in the Dobbs versus Jackson women's health uh, case that's coming up. Potentially the most consequential challenge to 1973 Roe v. Wade landmark ruling that limited government restrictions on abortion. Uh, Let's go over the key details about the case and what you can expect. Uh, The state of Mississippi will be arguing that the Supreme Court should allow it and other states to ban abortion after 15 weeks. Uh, More specifically, it's asking the court to strike down a lower court's decision blocking its 15-week abortion ban from taking effect. Passed in 2018, Mississippi's law encountered a legal challenge from Jackson Women's Health Organization, an abortion clinic that claims Mississippi law is unconstitutional and should be permanently blocked because it violates previous court decisions on the issue. So we're going to have we're going to have a couple things going on here when this goes uh, through uh, the oral arguments. Not only are we going to look at abortion, but we're also going to be looking at what the Supreme Court uh, how they feel about precedent how much how much uh weight does precedent uh carry, and what is precedent? precedent is when a particular law uh, has come before the Supreme Court on numerous occasions, and different uh, types of decisions have been made about that law, and Supreme Court justices many times will say, well, because this Supreme Court said this is the way the law should be. We don't want to overturn that precedent. My question is just like some of the, diff- the you know the big cases in the Supreme Court over the years where they did overturn where is that that line that the Supreme Court decides that when the court made their dis initial decision about a particular piece of legislation being constitutional or unconstitutional, you know, where is that line? And where is the line that you say you were wrong? You know, like Dred Scott, you were wrong in what you said there about a black man. So what do you hold, go with precedent or do you say you were wrong and, and you overturn it just like the apple cart, you know, you overturn it. That's what, uh, that's one of the big things that's going to happen, uh, with this particular decision that's, uh, going on. The nine justices are going to be present and have the chance to ask both sides about their reasoning. For Mississippi, the State Solicitor General, Scott Stewart, will be arguing in favor of the law. On the other side will be Attorney Julie Reichelman and U.S. Solicitor General Elizabeth Elizabeth Preloger. Those are the main players. So here's what's at stake. Mississippi is asking the court to overturn longstanding abortion precedent in Roe v. Wade. They're saying there, there was no constitutional basis. And I, I have to tell you, I, I tend to fall on the side of this argument that there was no constitutional basis uh, for the whole thing about Roe v. Wade. There is no inherent right to privacy uh, in the Constitution. Uh Planned Parenthood Vicious Casey, two landmark cases that prevented state governments from banning abortions at certain points during pregnancy. They'll be looking at both of those. In doing so, it could radically alter the landscape of abortion across as many red states are prepared right now to quickly pass laws permitting further restricting access. The uh, making abortion illegal in Arkansas has been passed. You know, I mean if, if 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 they if they do this, you know, it's got a trigger on it. If the Supreme Court says that Roe v. Wade no longer, you know, is there, it crumbles, then uh, it goes back to the states for states to decide, you know, wh- how how they want to do abortion in their state. See that that's the biggest misnomer for a lot of people. They believe that when Roe v. Wade Uh, was passed. Abortion was illegal across the United States. That is false. There were many states that you could get illegal abortion uh, in when Roe v. Wade passed. What Roe v. Wade did is that the Supreme Court, with a wave of their hand, got rid of all states' rights precedents about how they dealt with uh, abortion, and said that a centralized government knew best. So uh, we're going to see what happens. So that that that's what's sitting there for everybody that's going uh, that's watching this. Blue and purple states are expected to face renewed political opposition as they attempt to maintain less restrictive laws, and say abortion advocates, see a victory in Dobbs as just the beginning since it would return the issue to state-level battlefields. Whatever the outcome, it's unlikely that either side of the debate will stop fighting for the cause. Decisions in either direction, however, would be huge blows to movements that have worked for decades to enact their agenda into law. Here's how things have changed since Roe v. Wade in 73. We've seen Inside the Womb now. We know that the uh, uh, statement that was made by the pro-choice side, that it was just you know, a glob of tissue, is erroneous and false. We understand the science better. We understand as uh, the, a human being forms that from the very beginning, it has the necessary chromosomes to form into a human being. It's not going to be a rutabaker. you know. It's not. It's not going to be an elephant. It's. It's a human being that's developing. And those great pictures that we've had. I mean, Life Magazine was the first magazine that uh, published those pictures uh, from inside the womb of of uh, a little human being, and it changed the argument forever. Then. It really has changed the argument uh, forever, and why it has changed to where we are today. So uh, that will happen today uh, at uh, the the Supreme Court. Here's what the main arguments are, and then we'll get our first break in. Uh, Roe v. Wade and Casey are vital president. Jackson Women's Health Organization is repeatedly underscored. The long-standing precedents established by Roe and Casey. See, I, I, don't care about that. They could be, they could be wrong. When they made the decision on those two particular cases, the Supreme Court could have been wrong. Dred Scott, a perfect example of how a Supreme Court can get it wrong. Mississippi law, it argues, fails to pass Casey's requirement that state laws not impose an undue burden on access to abortions before viability. Uh, And that's another one. That's another argument that's an interesting one. Viability. That means can the baby, you know, survive outside the womb? Well, you know, even when the baby's born, at the very beginning of its life, it can't survive, quote, outside the womb unless the mother or somebody takes care of it. So I really don't think that that, that argument holds as much water as the pro-choice side tries to say that it does. Upholding the Mississippi law would be inconsistent with state to uh, or the principle that courts let previous decisions stand. The very essence of those decisions is the right of every individual to decide whether to continue a pre viability pregnancy to term its brief reads. It also argues that there is no special justification for a different outcome now. of course there is. We know a whole lot more now. We know a whole lot more now. We'll talk further about this in a moment. Ken Yang, uh, the uh, chairman of the Selene County Republican Party, will be here in just a few moments. I'm Dave Ellswick. Stay with me. we got more to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They're, they're your specialists. They're your professionals. Take care of your roof. If you've got uh, any kind of problem with your roof, for instance, you look up at your roof and it's shiny, not a good thing. That means all the granular material uh, that are on the, the roof to keep the water from making its way through uh, your roof and into your home are, are gone. And you need to look seriously at replacing at least that area. And if you got enough of those shiny areas means replacing the entire roof, talk to PI roofing. They'll do it for you. They'll work with your insurance company. They'll get things done for you and it will be done professionally. They did mine. They've done a lot of my friends. They've done a lot of businesses. Uh, I can send, I can give you uh, people to talk to and they'll tell you that PI Roofing is the team to turn to when you need a new roof. Call them at 707-3551, 707-3551 or visit them online, piroofing.com. All right. We're about uh, 24 minutes after six on a Wednesday morning. We are halfway through the week. That's a good thing. You know this hump day today, and this is middle of the weekday. We're closer to Friday than we were on Monday, which is of course a very uh, good thing. Something that we want to uh, make sure we understand. Uh, viability is going to be one of those things that you're going to hear about. I mean, we know we now know that an unborn baby looks like a, a baby long before quote viability standards. Uh, come in, into play. We know from because we can see babies in people's wombs. Uh, viability is a flawed standard. The court's decision will likely center on whether viability is an appropriate benchmark for limiting abortions. And again, let me say, viability, I mean, this during the whole pregnancy basically then, and even after the pregnancy, after the child has been born. You know, if I take a newborn baby and just lay it on a table, it will die if you don't take care of it, if you don't give it comfort, if you don't give what some hospitals say is, quote, compassionate care. That baby will pass away. It must be fed. It must be taken care of. So I think that uh, viability is a flawed standard to lay your main argument on. Mississippi is arguing that the court should instead rule that states can prohibit elective abortions if they have a, quote, rational basis uh, for doing so. Rational basis is a relatively low standard for reviewing laws, but conservatives argue that the text of the Constitution provides no further protections for abortion. Roe and Casey they say essentially invented a non-existent right and cordoned off authority typically reserved for the states. Roe and Casey are unprincipled decisions that have damaged the democratic process, poisoned our national discourse plugged the law, and in doing so, harmed this court, the state's attorneys have argued in their briefs and will argue and ask to answer questions uh, from uh, and to the justices. So that's, that's what you can expect today. Uh, this is a long overdue uh, discussion that needed to come before the Supreme Court and to be, uh, to be dealt with. So, um, I'll be keeping my, my eye on it and we'll bring it up from day to day as, uh, this, uh, these oral arguments uh, go on. So we'll, it'll be interesting to, to see what comes out. Don't expect a decision like by Saturday. That's not going to happen. Uh, they'll, they got to right there. You know, you know, this is why we feel this is the right decision. This is why we feel it's the wrong decision. And probably sometime around June of next year uh, is when we'll get all of that uh, to to take a look at. So uh, we'll find out uh, by then. So that that is the big story today of news that is uh, is facing um, us here. Uh, as a country, as a society, uh, and I think it's the story that uh, you need to know about as we get to today uh, under under way. You know, a lot of other things are going on, though, too. A lot of things being uh, discussed out there. We've got, uh, you know, the president understanding a lot. Well, I don't know if he understands or not, but he's got a lot of pr- different decisions that he's made. And it's caused gas prices to just soar into the stratosphere. Uh, I'm filling up. I don't know about you. Uh, I'll just let you know that at least uh, today is what you so It was Monday. Uh, Monday I filled up. And I filled up over at Sam's in North Little Rock. And it was 282 over there. So I bought $0.20 cents cheaper than most of the places, for instance, in, in Cabot. And uh, twenty cents is a lot when you add it up, but somewhere between thirteen and uh, fifteen gallons into my tank. So uh, you know I'm looking at you know saving quite a bit of money each time that I put gas in my uh, my automobile, and I'm not driving out of my way. I mean I come down from from a Cabot. I'm on sixty-seven, one sixty-seven all the way down, and so you know i pull off and stop at sams or and uh, and either fill up on the way here well not really on the way here cuz they're not open yet but uh i i fill fill up on the way back home and get my my uh everything filled up and ready to go for the, the next couple of days uh, a, a tank of gas to last me usually two and a half days uh coming and going cnn finally suspended chris como uh he really uh went overboard to help his brother and you know what i can understand all right back with you here on the dave Ellswick show don't forget about east end towing i've been talking about them now for months i hope that you have their number in your phone it's uh, 501-888-8849 Uh, This is a a towing company that belongs to the Arkansas Tow and Recovery Board. They're licensed and insured, and all of their trucks are permitted, and they know what they're doing. They know what to do with your car. If it's just your car that broke down, they can change a tire if you need to have a tire changed. If your keys are locked in your car, they can get into your car so you can get your keys. They can take care of your car and your boat and trailer if that's necessary or if you got your camper in back of it. So keep that all in mind. And if you happen to be a 18-wheeler, they can take care of you as well. That's East End Towing. No matter the situation, East End Towing can handle it. And they've got all the answers for you. That's East End Towing, 501-888-8849, 501-888-8849 nine all right let's continue on here on the Dave Ellswick show another big story this is a a statewide story and that is Josh Duggar is uh, going in court today Uh, 12 main jurors and four alternates have been chosen for the trial as of yesterday Duggar has pleaded not guilty to two counts of downloading and possessing child pornography uh, in 2015, reports said Duggar had allegedly molested several young girls when he was younger. He could face up to 20 years in prison if convicted. So uh, you're going to be hearing about this quite often here locally. Uh, it will be covered uh, you know, nationally as well. Uh, he was in the, the show of 19 Kids and Counting. And uh, after years of appearing in the reality show, Duggar made headlines back in 2015, as I just said, when news broke that he reportedly molested a number of young girls, including uh, his sisters. Uh, now he'll face a judge on charges brought against him in April after allegedly possessing images of young children. Ahead of the trial in Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, there's a lot, there a lot of other things uh you need to know you know as far as the charges and and uh all the the rest uh, jury selection has been taken care of uh as i said that that that's been done so the jury has been selected and is ready uh to go uh fox news reporting uh on their website today about some different things uh, that are going on, and that uh, he faces kind of an uphill struggle of what he's got to do uh, to be able to uh, keep himself out of jail. So that that's a story I'll I'll touch on as we as we see what's uh, going on with it, as new information, uh, what's happening. So. Uh, AOC has been invited by Virginia, the Virginia GOP House, hopeful to campaign for Democrat incumbent Spanberger. Who would want her to come? <laughs> I don't. I don't care if you're Democrat or not. I think that I would find somebody else to come and uh, do campaigning for me. I'd find somebody else to do it. Here's one that's kind of interesting. Dr. Oz, everybody knows Dr. Oz. You've seen him on on television. Oprah Winfrey introduced him years ago, and he became an overnight sensation. He has decided to run for the Senate seat of retiring Pennsylvania Republican Pat uh, Toomey. So he's trying to become a senator. Now, it is a full field. I think with Oz, there's 11 candidates in the primary. Uh, for that he is a a cardiothoracic surgeon uh, and he's a television host of course he spoke about his recently declared candidacy for United States Senate in Pennsylvania uh, during an interview last night on uh, Fox News on the Sean Hannity show Oz who went to a grade school in President Biden's hometown of Wilmington Delaware and who has lived for many years in New Jersey before moving back to Pennsylvania, announced earlier Tuesday he will seek to replace retiring Republican Senator Pat Toomey. Oz told Hannity that as the son of Turkish immigrants, who was afforded unparalleled opportunities by the United States to become the successful doctor and television personality that he is, it is time now to repay my debt. America is in crisis, that's not news, our values are under attack, so I want to serve America in its time of need, said Oz, adding that Pennsylvanians deserve better solutions to crises from their elected leaders than they are currently afforded. Oz spoke about his medical expertise and how he recognized that the new long surpassed two weeks to stop the spread socioeconomic crisis Restriction period uh, placed on Pennsylvanians and many other Americans turned out to be much more complicated and worse for people. I spent a lot of time trying to understand what went wrong and it's emblematic of other issues we are struggling with in our great country. Remember the phrase two weeks to flatten the curve. That metastasized into this terrible authoritarianism and overreaching that did not make us safer. People with big yards told people with no yards to stay indoors because that's where the virus was. Some closed the parks, shamed people about beaches, and now threatening the same outreach with the uh, Omicron variant. I think those choices should be yours, the American people's, he said. And he went on to praise President Trump's handling of vaccine development. I fought to empower my audience, my patients, and now the people of Pennsylvania. He finished up by saying, Every choice I make will be serving the citizens of Pennsylvania and the United States, and none of them will serve the special interests in Washington, many of which I have been at war with my entire career. I have taken on big pharma and have scars to prove it. And in the past, I've also voiced support for law enforcement amid the defund movement. So he is in it. Uh, He's got enough money. He's worth over $100 million. He's got enough money that he can self-finance his campaign. So uh, he he does not have to take money from people for his campaign uh, to be successful. Now, he's decided to run. Matthew McConaughey, who was thinking about running... Uh, for uh, the governor of Texas, made the decision over the weekend not to do that uh, in, uh, in Texas. He decided that he really didn't have enough that he stood for to run for uh, that uh, pr- you know, position uh, at, uh, at this time. All right, let me tell you about uh, if you're looking for something sparkly for Christmas – Uh, that you should go over to uh, see a friend of mine, Eric, who is the owner of Hillcrest Designer Jewelry. He's at 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E. He opens at 10 o'clock today. He opens at 10 o'clock every day but Sunday. Sunday he's closed. Uh, Go see him. He's got plenty of jewelry in his display cases for you to find something that your special somebody would really, really like. And let's face it, guys, yeah, you know, it's not bad. Sometimes once in a while we'll take a necklace or take, you know, if it's, you know, get kind of a, you know, a masculine feel to it or a ring in fact. But jewelry, basically, we look at it for women. And uh, ladies like to have sparkly things. At least the ladies that I have dated in my past and that, that I married, and they they liked uh, they liked jewelry. Bottom line is that uh, if you need jewelry, Hillcrest designer jewelry is the place to go. He's got just beautiful pieces from stud earrings up to pieces that are you know thousands upon thousands of dollars with you know emeralds and rubies and diamonds and dripping off of them. They're beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And I I can I can. Ex- I can you know look at him and really respect the beauty. I just can't write a bad check. I mean, I'm just <laughs> I respect Eric enough that I won't write a bad check to him. Uh, you can call him at 501-246-3655 and uh, talk to him. Ask him if he's got certain things. Uh, if you're looking maybe for a wedding band set, uh, you should talk to him because he can get you probably. The best prices on diamonds anywhere in central Arkansas. That's Hillcrest Designer Jewelry, the 3000 Cavanaugh Boulevard, Suite E, right here in Little Rock. You know, Greg Gutfield cracks me up a lot of times with what he has to say, what he writes. And he's got an article today talking about Chris Cuomo and how he tried to help his his brother. And he says, and, and who wouldn't try to help their brother if they were they were in trouble. Problem is he's been lying about it obfuscating it, smoking mirrors it but he does work at CNN and that's kind of their modus operandi anyway about real news. So Gutfield said he was sorry to hear that this is you got to understand a lot of it is Italian cheek uh, from Gutfield and he was sorry to see that he had been put on leave indefinitely. He said he didn't think any talk show her host should be able to to be fired from CNN or be, you know, you know, suspended as long as they had Joy Reid on. <laughs> you know, I got to agree with him. I understand what he's saying. How can you How can you go out after anybody? Anybody? For uh, misleading people and lying and not telling the truth, if you 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 let that that lady le- stay on the air, she is absolutely the worst. I mean, seriously, the the worst. And and they leave Jeffrey Toobin on. We know all about Jeffrey Toobin. I mean, this guy's supposed to be one of the smartest men about the Constitution. Uh, in the world, in history, I guess. And, uh, you know, he doesn't know how to keep his fly up when he's on a Zoom call and uh, and playing with himself. So, you know, it's, I mean, he's back on the air. The the people who really got to consider about uh, CNN are the people who watch it. If you're watching CNN for the truth, you're definitely in the wrong place. I'm just telling you, you are in the wrong place. They have lost 80% of their viewership uh, over this year. Eight out of every 10 viewers who used to watch CNN are not watching it any longer and 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 it's it's understandable i mean you only have to tune in on any of their shows and hear the his, hysterics that they do and uh the crazy uh things that they say to know that uh this is not a network you go to for the truth and, and don't get me wrong i mean there are times that i believe fox gets it wrong and uh, that that they run static for the republicans i would like just to have a a news channel that does nothing but the uh, news to be honest with you i read i watched that interview i forget what the gentleman's name was he used to work at cnn he said what cnn should do if they want to survive is go back to what they were at the very beginning and just become a news operation only and get rid of all of the other people that they have surrounded themselves, you know, Don Lemon and all the rest of them and put them out to the pasture. Cause it, it, I think that's what America wants. I mean, one American news, it's good news max. Kinda, uh, they, they play their side as well. One well, American News is probably the closest right now on cable uh, that is basically doing just news. Uh, I think they could do it more entertainingly. I mean, I look, you, you go back and, you know, Huntley and Brinkley and some of the other news, Fahey Flynn and some of the others uh, that were on television years ago. Uh, and. They w- They did the news straight on, but it was entertaining at least. Uh, now it's, it's, you know, you can read the news and make it as entertaining as watching paint dry, or you can do the news and uh, as you do it, you'll have the visuals and things that you need so that it's entertaining as well. And uh, maybe that will happen as... Uh, they continue to find their audience and get more people watching them and, and get more people advertising with them. Because uh, if to be honest with you, in radio and in television, news is the most expensive uh, part of the format to do. It, it takes a lot of people if you do it right. Uh, it takes a lot of, uh, you know, you got to have graphics people. You got for you know if you're looking TV graphics, you're looking for can- good camera people. You need editors. You need producers. You need writers. You need talent. you Need all those things, and uh, it doesn't come cheap. And you got to have quite a bit of money, and that's that's where local uh, television stations make most of their money, uh, and that they can sell commercials in. They sell commercials for uh, network programming, you know, and sports and things of that nature. But their news operations is where they try to generate most of uh, their money. It's the same thing in radio. Uh, Back in the day when radio did news. Uh, You'd be hard-pressed now to find very many radio stations that has a news department. That was one of the first things that uh, the corporate bigwigs started cutting uh when they started buying up all the radio stations uh across the united states and and then, what they did is they put a news hub, what they would call a news hub in and it would it would service you know a bunch of radio stations and a bunch of communities and of course, at that point, you lost a lot of your your local news. Uh, that That you wanted i mean when we 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 got a great news uh you know product through uh, Salem Radio network, they do a good job uh, but they're basically talking about national news they're not talking about Little Rock or they're not talking about Fayetteville or Cabot or Conway or any of the others they're carrying national uh news and uh, they of course. Salem has their talk show host that they put on, and they're talking national topics. I'm the only guy that's doing local stuff, you know, when it comes up, like bringing up Duggar and talking about that or talking about the governor now says December 7th will be the day that the legislature comes together to start putting together some tax proposals. And I guess he's got enough buy-in, uh, from state reps and state senators that they won't bring up other things uh, to uh, to bring, to do. If you get two-thirds vote, you can look at some other issues uh, and bring them up to be discussed and maybe voted on. Uh, one thing I know that uh, Senator Raypert's trying to do is a law uh, dealing uh, with abortion that would be like Texas's law uh, of course the governor is against it he said uh, you don't need to do that we got this uh, argument as we talked about in the first half hour of the show going on before the Supreme Court and we don't need to pass more legislation which might not be necessary if the Supreme Court throws all this stuff back into the the laps of the, uh, the state uh, legislatures about abortion so you know you know Governor Hutchinson many times doesn't want to take on what I think are divisive issues. And that's a divisive issue. There's no doubt about it. It's going to be a very divisive issue. Uh, country's pretty well divided on it, uh, on, on whether abortion should be legal or illegal. Um, I want to see it be decided by the states because I think it's a states' rights issue. And so hopefully... Uh, that's what they're going to say uh, in uh, uh, in the Supreme Court as well, and we'll go back to the way it was before Roe v. Wade, because uh, abortion was not illegal all across the United States. Again, that's that's a uh, that's a misnomer. That's not the way it was. You could go to New York during uh, Roe v. Wade when it was before pre. Roe v. Wade and get an abortion same thing you go to Vegas and get an abortion couldn't get one probably in Little Rock there's different rules in different states and that's the way it should be all right let's get our break in and then we'll come back and we'll have more for you here on the Dave Ellswick show next up is Congressman French Hill right here on the Dave Ellswick show All right, let's get back to it here on the Dave Ellswick show this hour as normal, a Wednesday. uh, We will spend time talking to both of our congressional representatives in Washington, D.C., Congressman French Hill will join us first, and then we'll be joined by Congressman Bruce Westerman, Congressman Hill from District 2, Congressman Westerman, District 4. And uh, Congressman Hill, thanks for joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hope that your Thanksgiving was a good one. Hope you're uh, planning for a fantastic Christmas.
1: Dave, I am. It's good to be with you, and I hope your uh, delicious Thanksgiving you told us about uh, last week has come <laughs> to pass, and it was fantastic.
2: It was good, and I didn't save you any leftovers. I'm sorry. But I it, know. I
1: know. <laughs> I, always, I, I like these aggressive non-turkey eaters, uh, so I like, uh, and the turkeys love it. I mean, there, there are hundreds of turkeys around the country. Thank you for your desire not to eat a turkey.
2: Am I wrong, or did... Did Biden not pardon the turkey this year? He did, but even I think the
1: turkey was embarrassed. He didn't even want to be pardoned by Biden. He would have rather been killed.
2: (laughs) That's good. He didn't even want to appear on camera with him. All right, (laughs) That's good. That's good. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, the economy. I mean, we got to talk about inflation, the supply chain. It is a mess. The economy is this man in in what? Eight months has literally started is starting to destroy our economy. And everybody says, you yeah, help, but look at all the jobs. Look at all. Yeah. Let, let's look at all of that stuff. And you got you got a pay raise and it's all gone because of inflation.
1: Yeah, that was the beauty of uh, the Excellent work done by President Trump to lower tax burdens. Uh, Nine out of ten Arkansas families got to take the standard deduction. They got a tax cut. They had 5% real wage growth, real meaning after inflation, during the last two years of uh, President Trump, all taken away, obviously, by the pandemic. And so the Biden administration is going the opposite direction of opening the company. They're making us more dependent on energy in Venezuela and Saudi Arabia. They are making it harder to go to work, more expensive to go to work. And by this fiscal stimulus combined with the out-of-control monetary policy, we're seeing inflation. And we've been warning – when I say we, I mean a bunch of us – you, me – conservatives, conservative economists, Democrat economists have been warning about this for over a year as we came out of the pandemic. Don't overstimulate the economy with more social spending uh, madness that's not paid for, that's increasing the deficit, but they're doing it, and so we are paying the price for that. The supply chain issue that we all read about and talk about has just made it worse, but the real contribution to why we have Inflationary expectations over 5%, and while we're experiencing inflation now at 6%, is due to, in my opinion, the immense overstimulation of fiscal spending in the Biden administration and uh, combined with the Federal Reserve buying the Treasury debt aggressively.
2: Yeah, well, what's really concerning to me is you look at the supply chain, and you would think they would have made a little bit of a dent in it, and that's not the case. It gets worse. I mean, you look at the ships that are off the coast of California and other areas in, in the United States, and they're not going down. They're going up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and you've actually seen a, companies like our own Walmart in the, in uh, Arkansas, and Amazon had a big story about this week. They've chartered their own vessels. They're chartering their own planes to go pick things up that are coming into the U.S., they can't be reliant on that loading and unloading uh, at San Diego. And they're using small ports uh, like up in the state of Washington or even some Gulf Coast ports to get things into the U.S. to go around the logjam. What is that logjam? Unionized labor at San Diego, the longshoremen are demanding more money and are threatening to strike, not showing up for work plus the government mandate on masks and vaccinations, and I would say a shortage of uh, people in the logistics industry, particularly truck drivers. All that has been exacerbated by the regulatory policies and the mandate policies of the Biden administration.
2: You know, I don't think people realize there's no short fix to this. It's going to take quite some time. heard a story this morning as I was driving into work saying that, inflation, which they said would be short-lived, is not the case. It's going to be around at least to the middle of next year, and I bet you it's here when we go to the polls in November.
1: Yeah, let me tell you why I think that's the case. Uh, Dave Rubenstein's a big Democrat. He's a former Carlisle Group executive. He uh, was on Bloomberg last week, and Dave Rubenstein's a very smart business guy, by the way. He says he doesn't see wage price and pressure uh, pressure like we had in the 70s because the economy in the 70s was about 25% unionized, and we're now at 10 11% unionized. And I think he's missed the whole boat because labor... In this particular economy, it does have market power, and uh, the onshoring efforts, the pandemic, the supply chain uh, issue—all this has been inflationary. All this is creating a a uh, workers market. So it's a fantastic opportunity if you have skills and you want to go to the marketplace. You're going to bid those up, and so. Every person I talk to in white-collar service industries and in manufacturing, blue-collar industries, are are paying up way increases. And on top of that, we've got 25 states plus that have increased their minimum wages, and unions, many people price off that minimum wage. So I believe we do have labor inflation. I do expect it to go into 2022 20, and 2023, and I think that leads to uh, – Higher inflationary expectations when you have the stimulus, trillions of dollars, unpaid four dollars, 1.9 back in February. Biden's unnecessary additional COVID spending. Then we had the infrastructure bill. Now we're proposing to spend nearly $4 trillion on the social spending bill. And this is all on top of the $5 trillion we spent in 2020 to fight the pandemic. So this is why there's so much money in the economy, and Milton Friedman taught us. When you have too much money chasing too few goods, you get uh high prices. And so I do think if we're in for two or three tough uh, years here on inflation.
2: Yeah, it's not it's I hope not, I'm
1: wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I always say that. I always want to be very candid with your listeners. I hope uh, I hope I'm wrong. I yeah, really do. But, but that's not what I'm seeing right now.
2: You now you congressman know that you cannot fall you cannot fly in the face of economic reality and expect anything less than what you're going to get when you go out and keep pouring money into the economy the way the federal government has been doing. Right. It's going to do what happens. All right, hold on. We come back. We'll talk about Omicron, uh, this new variant that's out there. It's got everybody freaking out. I want to remind my listeners that Dr. Terry Yamauchi will join me for an hour tomorrow here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to talk about that, I hope. He'll be able to put you at ease a little bit about uh, about this variant. Uh, we're going to have to learn how to live with COVID uh, because it's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. And we've got all kinds of pharmaceuticals. We've got more than just vaccinations to fight it, and we're going to talk about that tomorrow. But we'll come back, talk to the congressman about it. We'll talk to the congressman about uh, all the money they're talking about spending on it here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Let's do that. Seven fifteen, a quick break, and then we've got more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We've got uh, Pat Davis wanting you to know that you need to take a look at getting your health insurance. It's that time of the year again. He can save you 30 to 50% on it. He can get you health insurance, no co-pays. This is health insurance that is uh, any of the... Uh, insurance that you can buy from any provider in the nation. It is actual insurance. It's not a share plan. So you need to talk to him about this. And this this plan that he has is really, really good if you are self-employed. That's Pat Davis, your health plan man, yourhealthplanman.com or 501-605-6935. All right, back with you. Our guest is, of course, Congressman French Hill. I wanted to talk to you about this new variant. Uh, the president has, uh, you know, put a travel ban on South Africa. Uh, he's uh, said that he's not going to shut the economy down ag- uh, again, but of course, he did tell us there would never be a, a vaccine mandate either. And we know how that went. So, what's your feeling about what you're hearing up on Capitol Hill?
1: Well, I think there's uh, concern, uh, obviously, and uh, doing the travel ban, as President Trump did early uh, against China, uh, wasn't a good decision by uh, Joe Biden just to simply slow the situation and let nations study it. There are cases in Europe and in Canada, and people are looking at it and looking at the impact. So I don't think we should overreact. We've just lived through the, the Delta variant. Uh, it speaks for the issue that if your doctor thinks you ought to be vaccinated, uh, that's a good defense. Uh, so we need to let's see what happens. Uh, the vaccine manufacturers that were as a result of President Trump's Operation Warp Speed say that they're, they believe the vaccines are effective and that uh, they can also tweak them if they need to based on what they're seeing either in South Africa or more likely uh, the cases in Europe.
2: Now, you got that, and we've got a lot of other things just besides uh, getting jabbed in the shoulder. I mean, there are pills now that are out there that they're hoping will be on the market here very shortly. That according, I think it's Merck that's behind it. Uh, they say it reduces the chance of death from COVID by almost uh, 95%.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping, Dave, today actually, and if not today, this week, to get a good briefing on uh, the new pill that was approved by the FDA yesterday, narrowly, uh, both Merck and a uh, a company partnership company called Ridgeback. And it's an antiviral, and you would start taking it the moment you had symptoms or a positive test, and I think you take it for five days, and they think it's very effective. Uh, if you have onset of the disease. So this is the kind of therapeutic. Uh, rendisivir does that, too, for people, but it's an infusion, you know. And so right. you've got to go to the right now. I don't think you should have to do this. I think you ought to be able to do it outpatient at an uh, emergency clinic, personally. But, you know, a lot of uh, requirements to have people hospitalized to have that therapeutic treatment, which is also uh, successful. That's what President Trump Uh, took when he was uh, diagnosed and tested positively. So you're right. This is another uh, piece out of Operation Warp Speed to have these therapeutics. But I do want to learn more about it, how it works. Uh, The vote of the advisory panel at the FDA was pretty narrow. I can't remember, maybe 13 to 10 or something like that to approve it for high-risk people. Uh, So it was a limited approval.
2: All right. Let's talk. I, I do want to get to the the border. But before we get to that, a story that broke yesterday dealing yeah. with who the president would like to uh, take, you know, be the head head dude of the of uh, of banking. And that's, that's yeah. Corday And and. The Republicans are going absolutely ape over this. They do not want this guy coming anywhere near. And you're part of the banking uh, committee there in the house. What's the feelings there?
1: Yeah, two things happened yesterday. Actually, early in the morning, or maybe it was day before yesterday, a news story came out that the president wanted to nominate a person who's essentially a uh, Chinese communist sympathizer to be head of our XM bank. Yes. So check that story out and, and let people read about it. And then yesterday, we had the news that Richard Cordray, former attorney general in Ohio, a protege of Elizabeth Warren, Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, Richard uh, was the head of the Consumer Protection, uh, Financial Protection Bureau for President Obama. He is a lawyer and a consumer advocate and a uh, pretty aggressive regulator. So yesterday, we hear that... Uh, President Biden may nominate him to be the top Federal Reserve bank regulator. So this is not the chairman of the Fed, Jay Powell. This is the top person at the Fed for bank regulation. Richard's smart. Richard's aggressive. Uh, And he has been confirmed by the Senate before. He would not be my choice. Uh, But I don't think he's, uh, you know, as crazy as the woman we talked about two weeks ago Amarova in the for the control of the currency who by the way I went to that hearing stood in the back of the room five feet from her to watch this performance and I'm so glad yesterday or the day before uh, five Democratic senators said they couldn't support her so her nomination is dead Good. and uh, we'll have to see what we can do about this XM bank uh, person that, President Biden is thinking about. Richard Cordray, I think, is tougher, Dave. I, I, I would not. If I were in the Senate, uh, I don't think he fits the job. I wouldn't vote to confirm him, but I think he's going to have supporters over there. We'll see what happens, see how his hearing goes. Uh, but he has been confirmed by the Senate before. He has been in a regulatory job before.
2: Well, he's a guy who believes in centralized government, though. He is. He's a true believer. This is why I say I wouldn't support him.
1: I'm just telling you, compared to. Amarova, Moscow State, you know, uh uh the cordray has a record in D C but he is a big government guy. He's a central power guy. He believes that the government should have control over all consumers' lives and that banks are always uh bad actors, you know. So he's not my choice. Uh and but I'm just I'm I'm always shooting straight with you that he's gonna have supporters over in the Senate, I'm sure. And the uh so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens.
2: All right. So how how are you feeling about Powell? I I got to say, yesterday okay. I thought he said some pretty interesting things. I I heard a little conservatism in his voice.
1: Yeah. This is look. Uh, the reason why you have a four year term as chairman uh, inside a a major long term. Uh, term as a governor on the Board of Governors is to have some backbone and some sense of independence, you know, from the administration. And we need j Powell to do the right thing on inflation, first and foremost. That is his principal job, price stability for the American consumer, to make sure that they're not uh, suffering from inflation. That is his number one goal. His number one goal is not climate change. His number one goal is not diversity and inclusion at bank boardrooms. Those are not his number one goals. His job is monetary policy, which is to limit the ravages of inflation on working families in the U.S., and I hope he takes that seriously. Uh, And we'll be holding him accountable. He's on Capitol Hill today uh, talking about uh, the pandemic and news of the day, and I'm sure he'll get a lot of questions about his inflation outlook.
2: Well, and that whole inflation outlook, I mean, the only way you control inflation – as we found out during the Reagan administration, is to tighten up the money supply. And uh, when you tighten up the, the, the money supply, you got to raise interest rates. The problem is with federal government spending so much money and raising the national debt, you raise the interest rate, the yep. payment on the national debt goes through the ceiling.
1: Yep. I'm. I'm look, if we were at a normalized rate, say four and a half percent on the 10 year and we're not even close we're at 150 today and even if rates went up i don't think it would be much over uh two two and a quarter so we're half if where you and i have seen the average be for the past 20 plus years but if it were at four and a half percent you know we'd be spending more on interest than we spend on the national defense of the country because the debt's grown so much
2: that's scary congressman yeah. that's scary it really, yeah. and that, it really takes a lot of, of of weapons out of your arsenal to fight inflation.
1: It does. And also, if we do raise rates, the, the challenging thing, you remember Paul Volcker uh, came in and said, we're going to end this and yeah. raise rates in the first two years of President Reagan's term. And we had a very short but very sharp recession. Uh, right in the middle of, of President Reagan's first couple of years in office, because of that. But what did we get? What was the what was the benefit of that cost? First of all, President Reagan survived and was reelected and, and went on to lead one of the great two-term presidencies in history. But secondly, we we killed inflation expectations uh, that it would run rampant uh, between. 1984, say, and and today. And so we brought interest rates down consistently from the early 1980s all the way to today. It's been a 40-year decline over that period of time in rates. And so that's why I'm concerned that uh, we're in a tough spot here. The good news is, if we have to raise rates, it's still nothing like you and I face. We yeah. paid, I paid over 10% <laughs> for my first mortgage.
2: Listen, I remember years. Carter's years, man. I really do. I remember them, and they were a nightmare. They were a bye. nightmare, and I heard someone say stagflation two days ago. Mm-hmm. That's scary in and of itself all right yeah. I, I, we're out of time i'll I'll Thank hold off Dave. I'll hold Not off on the weak. border until next week. Well, Thanks bye. so much. We'll talk bye to you bye later. Bye. All right, Congressman Hill here on the Dave Ellswick <laughs> show. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts that have to be decided when you, when you go to fight inflation. You fight inflation by making it more difficult to borrow money. You raise, you raise up interest rates. Problem is we owe so much money in the national debt that if you raise interest rates, you're going to have to pay more on the national debt. As you just heard him, if we got back to where the, the interest rate should be and has been for like the last 20 years, we'd be paying more for, for, uh, interest on the debt than we'd be paying for national defense. A lot of things to consider. All right. It's Dave Ellswick's show. Let's get to Bill O'Reilly here on one oh one point one. So we just got done talking to Congressman French Hill and we talked about inflation. So, you know, let's, uh, Be uh, honest here, a lot of us are concerned about out-of-control government spending because that leads to more inflation. Uh, We're, you know, really worried about these guys spending like drunken sailors, Uh, political unrest, and, of course, uh, the rapid decline of the U.S. dollar. All of that is enough to get your attention if you're trying to protect what you're saving for retirement. And if you're older than, I'd say, 45 you know, you got to keep one eye on what's going on in your IRA, your 401k, and your hard-earned savings. And so a lot of people turn into gold and silver, and you need to know what to do about gold and silver to make sure that you use it as a wise investment. Don't let 1970 style inflation destroy your retirement. Uh, learn how silver and gold can help you protect your assets, that you know, IRA, 401k, hard-earned uh, savings by calling 501-222-3315. Uh, they work with one of the only regulated and licensed national wholesalers in the country. So you get direct prices from a dealer that you can trust. To learn more about buying silver and gold, call 501-222-3315. That's 501 501- Two 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 thirty three fifteen. Investment advisory services are offered through David Lucas Financial and uh, Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right, keep that in mind. Talk to David; he'll help you out. Uh, he does a good job. I've known David now for nearly fifteen years, and uh, he knows what he's talking about. Phone calls coming in. Coming in on the hotline, that tells me probably it's Congressman Westerman ready to, to spend some time uh, discussing issues with us here on the uh, Dave Ellswick Show. And, Congressman, thanks for joining us again here on this Wednesday. Hope that your Thanksgiving was a good one.
3: Oh, it was great, Dave. Uh, I ate a lot of turkey and watched football and spent time with my family, did a little bit of hunting, so uh, no complaints here. It was what everything Thanksgiving should be.
2: Yeah, well, let me throw out there, what about them hogs, huh? Hey, uh, I uh,
3: love that. I'm uh, so so excited about the, the program with Coach Pittman there and uh, the job that he's doing, and the basketball team's doing well. So uh, I hear the baseball team may be better than it was last year.
2: Oh, wow, that's that's great. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah. By the way, isn't Pittman one of your constituents now?
3: It, well, he has his, uh, what he says, his retirement home over on Lake Hamilton <laughs> in Hot Springs, which would be a uh, constituent. You know, I've got to uh, know Coach Pittman a little bit and have uh, visited with him, and just what a, what a great guy. Uh, I uh, You know, I hope he coaches for a long time at, at Arkansas, but uh, I'm sure we'll be glad to have him in Hot Springs when he eventually does retire, though. But I think he spends a lot of his uh, – free time when he has it down uh, on Lake Hamilton. I'm
2: going to tell you what, looking at the the uh, uh, you know m- merry-go-round of coaches going on right now, I'd, I'd extend his contract as quickly as possible.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, he says Arkansas is where, where he wants to be, and I think that's what's, what's different about him. I think he truly really wants to be at Arkansas. That's the last job he wants to have. Uh, I was uh, – Of course, football's a big topic up here, and I just saw uh, my friend Garrett Graves, who lives in Baton Rouge, and a huge Tigers fan this morning, and I asked him if they had to raise property taxes in Louisiana to pay the new coach down there. But it's crazy these contracts are coming out for for college coaches.
2: Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And how important is a coach? Well, Lincoln, who left Oklahoma to go to USC, the number one recruit that was out there, uh, according to ESPN, the quarterback uh, dropped. He was going to be going to Oklahoma. Now he's going to USC.
3: Yeah, that's um, that's kind of what they expected when they uh, gave him what a hundred and ten million dollar contract.
2: Yeah, it's a nice contract. It's a good thing if we can you can get it. I'm just telling. Radio
3: business, isn't it, Dave? Yeah,
2: yeah. I've got to watch these guys. They're getting into my my area now no <laughs> all right well let's talk uh, i just spent talk, some time talking with uh, congressman hill we spoke we spoke a lot about the economy i want to talk to you about the economy too the economy everybody talks you know the left is saying but look how good it is look at the jobs that, you know we've lost unemployment is down and Wages are up, but wages are down here recently. And if you did get a raise, inflation has already eaten them up. Uh, We've got, I thought we would see some movement as far as the supply chain went. And we'd see fewer ships sitting off the coast of all these different ports in the United States. And that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing more ships off the coast of these ports. We're going to be in really serious trouble pretty soon.
3: Uh, we're already in serious trouble, Dave. And, you know, the crazy thing is the economy is red hot. But you got to ask, why is it so hot? And it's because so much um, government money has been poured into it, and people have all this money they're trying to spend, and we're seeing supply shortages. So it's, um, you know, that's why they call it the law of supply and demand. If the supply is not out there and the demand's high, then price goes up and we're seeing inflation and I don't see uh, anything that signals any kind of relief uh, to that inflation, uh, especially if this crazy build back betters, that so, uh, so-called bill gets signed into law where you're dumping <clears throat> trillions of more dollars into uh, an already overheated economy. So it's, uh, uh, you know, the way you typically control Inflation as you raise interest rates and you tighten up the money supply. Um, and can't do that profit. now. You can't. You can't do that now. So you you've lost that tool. And the Democrat solution is just to pour gasoline on the fire.
2: Yeah, it's this is. A, I'm just telling you, they, Powell is in a in a corner. He can't do what Volcker did back in Reagan's days. You know, we had a, as we were talking to the uh, the to congressman Hill, we had a little bit of a recession during uh, the middle of uh, Reagan's first 4 years because Volcker tightened up on on uh, uh, interest rates because of what Carter had done. We don't have you're you're exactly right. We don't have that tool this time. So what do you do? You have any idea?
3: Well, I think we've got to focus on um, growing our economy here by producing things domestically, uh, creating more high-tech, high-paying jobs here at home. Uh, And the way you do that is you let innovators and private companies go to work and do it. Uh, You don't create obstacles in the government by legislation they're putting out. The administration that are putting more regulations, And everything they're doing is going to cause investors to look to invest somewhere else other than in the United States. So what we need to do is to develop more of our resources, uh, develop more of our energy, uh, grow our economy and create jobs and get people weaned off of of the government so that we're uh, we're increasing um, people's income and not doing it through government funding with money that uh, is – really coming from people
2: who aren't even born yet yeah well we're we're at the point now that we're looking at our our great-grandchildren to pick up the the payback on the money that's being spent it's incredible how much money they're talking about i mean they're going to have they're going to have to literally apologize to drunken sailors with what they're doing uh, on the democrat side at this time yeah
3: and i think uh i may have talked to you about this before, but I was looking back in history when the debt first went to $1 trillion, and Reagan used an illustration on that. He said um, a million dollars, if you had $1,000 bills, a million dollars would be a stack of $1,000 bills four inches high. A trillion dollars would be a stack of $1,000 bills 62 miles high. It's just hard to even grasp how much money... A trillion dollars is. And and we're not talking about a trillion. They're they're advertising it as 1.8 trillion, but the real number is 4 or 5 trillion.
2: Yeah, and in the end, over 10 years, they're talking 10 trillion. That's crazy.
3: Well, you know, the way they scored it now, and it still has a bad score, they use all these budget gimmicks where they start a program and leave it in place for a couple years and then let it expire. And their strategy is to get these programs in place and get people addicted to them, and then uh, they'll come back to Congress at some later point and say, "Oh, we can't cut this program. Look at how it's going to devastate all these people." Yep. So they put all these budget gimmicks in place to uh, try to make the score better, but it's horrible. There's no, <laughs> there's no way to describe it other than, than horrible. And you start looking at the details inside there, and they removed the Hyde Amendment, so. You know, the Supreme Court's hearing uh, uh, what could be a landmark case today, uh, with the, the Mississippi case, on, um, on abortion. And while that's happening in the Supreme Court, and I hope they correct the error that they made in Roe v. Wade, but the Democrats are saying we're going to take protections away and we're going to spend taxpayer dollars on abortion. That's in their Build Back Better bill.
2: Yep. I, I'm, I'm aware of it. And, you know, somewhere along the line, it's got to give, Congressman. It's just got to give. Let's come back, talk a little bit more. I'd like to talk to you about uh, the uh, Omicron uh, variant that's out there and how people are running for the hills and they don't need to. I don't believe we'll talk about that because I think we're we're set to, to battle it much better than we were. And America now, Americans For most part, they'll tell you we don't pay attention to national, international politics, but they are paying attention to it because we've got another, we've got a new number one enemy in America, and it ain't Russia. We'll talk about it when we come back. We're talking with Congressman uh, uh, Westerman uh, from District Four here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about Dustin Turner. Right now, housing market hot, hot, hot. All right, you want to sell your home? Now's the time to do it probably and to get the money that you're looking for maybe even more. And Dustin Turner can help you with that. What you need to do is to contact him and let him use his great marketing plan to get your house in front of a lot of people. He's got a trusted plan that has worked for hundreds of people. Now it works for the guy across the street from me. He, uh, he sold his house just, uh, about well, three weeks ago, uh, they just got done moving in yesterday. The people who bought it and the house on my right side sold about two weeks before the one on the left side sold. And I'm I'm still putting things together on the inside. Not a good time to move uh, while it's the holidays, but uh, we're still working on mine because we intend to sell it probably at the beginning of uh, of next year. To be able to do that, you you need to use the Dustin Turner process, and he'll get your house in front of more eyes than anybody else on the Internet. He knows that's where it happens at. He's got professional photographers, professional stagers. He's got the people that they need to use to be able to make your house look better than the other house that's out there on the market. Call him 501-952-2969. or go to hometeamsoldit.com. All right, back with you, of course, Congressman Bruce Westerman is our guest, District 4 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Your thoughts about this new variant uh, of uh, COVID that's raised its head, Uh, Congressman, uh, is the Biden administration doing what you think they should be doing?
3: It's hard to tell right now, Dave. And um, you know, I've read differing articles about the new variant. Uh, the latest information I saw, uh, they seem to think it wasn't going to be as big of an issue. That if you've been vaccinated, the vaccine uh, looks like it's going to be uh, pretty effective against the new variant. But I mean, it's it's hard to tell. This I didn't. I studied symbology, and it was more on the the botany side of things in my. Uh, educational career, but everything I thought I knew about uh, viruses has been upended with this uh, COVID virus, because you used to believe that if you were infected with it, that you were immune to it in the future, but now we're you can have it and get vaccinated twice and still uh, get the virus again, but apparently it's not as it's devastating if you've been, been vaccinated. So it's something I think we've obviously got to um, monitor and we've got to, uh, you know, pay close attention to. But I, I think we're getting to the point where people are just going to say we're going to go on with life, and if there's a virus out there, uh, it's just going to be part of life, but we can't continue living like this, uh, which, in Arkansas, it is way different than it is here in DC or in uh, different uh, you know parts of the Northeast and in California. Uh, we really do have uh, have it a lot better off back home. When I got ready to uh, go to the airport yesterday morning, I was walking out of the door and I thought I forgot my stupid face mask, so I can't get on the airplane. So I was rummaging around in the house trying to find a
0: face mask. Uh, <laughs>
2: I can see that happening. I do it all the time. I I, got, I I go see the doctor and, you know, just get into the hospital or into the doctor's office. You got to have a mask on. Just the way it is. It's crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. All right. So let's uh, finish up by talking about an, an issue that I saw yesterday I found very interesting. Russia has always been on everybody's mind as being our number one enemy. That has now changed. Uh, yesterday, it was uh, shown in polling numbers that 60% of America's, uh, Americans now, 60% now believe um, uh, America's number one enemy is China. So they're paying attention.
3: Yeah, they're paying attention, but don't take your eye off of Russia either, and don't take your eye off of uh, of Iran, uh, there are a lot of people in this world that uh, don't have well wishes for us. Uh, I did a, a trip a couple of weeks ago. I went to uh, Qatar and then went to uh, to Israel and ended up in in Germany, meeting with people, and I had a discussion with the German leaders about this Nord Stream two pipeline uh, and. You know, we people think about that as you know, Russia shipping dirty natural gas to Germany, and why does Germany not buy gas from other places? And it, it's really more a lot more than an a, uh, an energy issue. The issue is that the gas that Germany is already getting from Russia is coming through a pipeline that goes through the Ukraine right now. Right, and. Russia is not going to shut that pipeline down because they'll lose their German market. But if they do this Nord Stream 2, they bypass Ukraine. And what it's going to allow them to do is still sell gas to Germany, close the pipeline off in Ukraine. And, you know, they're trying to break Ukraine is what the Russians are doing. They're building up troops along the borders, uh, along Crimea. And uh, Putin is, is up to his... Uh, shenanigans like he's always been and as long as he thinks he can uh, can move and do something to his benefit he's going to do that but you know back to China yeah they're the they're the big threat from an economic standpoint and uh, really I think from a military standpoint although you know historically China has uh, they've used more economic influence than they have military influence but they're building up some Uh, tremendous military capability in these new hypersonic weapons that we should have here in the U.S., but Barack Obama canceled that program, so we've got some catching up to do on that. Um, But, uh, you know, China's stated goal is to be the dominant world economic power, and they don't care whether that takes 10 years or 200 years. Uh, They're just working towards that, and we seem to be trying to help them Every, everywhere we turn. All this um, crazy stuff on electric vehicles and, uh, you know, the Biden administration's efforts that are doing great damage to our energy security are playing right into the hand of, of China where they make solar panels with um, elements and minerals that have been exploited from uh countries using slave labor and they actually use slave labor to build a bunch of this stuff and, mm-hmm. and ship it over here and you know the the real question about all these ships um off the coast of California is why are we uh why is there so much stuff being made in China that's coming over here uh why are we so, uh heavily reliant on China and you know, I'm saying we have to make everything here in the United States, but we've got a lot of friends around the world in Canada and Mexico and Australia and New Zealand and um, Taiwan that we could be trading with, but we seem to just be moving more and more of our manufacturing and trade to China.
2: Yeah. I'm with, I'm with you on that. And for everybody who says, "Oh, you know, Taiwan, what's the big deal about that? Well, I'll tell you what the big deal back in world war two, who would have thought, What's the big deal with Poland? You know, when the, so, when, the uh, yeah. when 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 the the Nazis rolled through Poland with their blitzkrieg. I'm just telling you, there's a lot of similarities uh, in what's going on now and what was going on uh, in the late 30s, early, and early 40s. Well, Congressman, it's been a I've pleasure. A trip to, yeah, go ahead. Uh,
3: I'm just going to say I've been to Taiwan before. I met with the, uh, the female president there right after she got elected. And I'm sure I'm on a list in China now because I've I've visited Taiwan as an official U.S. uh, dignitary. But uh, I've yet to go to China. And uh, I probably won't go to China because (laughs) I don't agree with what China's doing. And uh, and Taiwan is super critical. Um, And and China has their eye on Taiwan just like they did to Hong Kong and just like uh, Putin's got his eye on the Ukraine.
2: All right, thank you very much, Congressman. We will talk to you again next Wednesday. You have a great day. Keep up the great work. Congressman uh, Bruce Westerman here on the uh, Dave Elswick Show. Today in 1955, Rosa Parks is jailed for refusing to give up her seat on a public bus in Montgomery, Alabama. And so started the Civil Rights Movement here in the United States with Martin Luther King. I'm Dave Elswick. See you tomorrow, 6 a.m.